0: Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week I'm speaking to a bona fide superstar of the magazine publishing world. Ed Needham edited FHM magazine during its heyday in the late 1990s, and he then went over to the USA to edit the American version of FHM. Then he was poached away to Rolling Stone and then Maxim, each time getting taken on to run another massive magazine brand. All of that is a very long way away from what he's doing now because Strong Words is an independent magazine dedicated to uncovering new and interesting books. It launched early this year as a newsprint magazine but for this fourth issue it switched up to being a perfect bound glossy title and the whole thing is written and edited and published by Ed. If you listened to the Lindsay Magazine episode a few weeks ago, you'll know that we've had requests for more conversations getting into the business of independent publishing, and I think that this one fits the bill nicely. Ed definitely doesn't have all the answers, and you'll hear him talk about the parts of magazine publishing that he's not totally comfortable with, but he's very open about his experiences, and you can see him experimenting and literally shaping this magazine as he goes. It was really interesting speaking to him, so I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Ed Needham from Strong Words. Ed, thank you very much for coming over and telling us about this new magazine. You're welcome, my pleasure. So I can see from the cover this is a great new magazine about great new books. Um, Tell us, why do we need that and why did you want to make it? That's essentially it. Yeah, strong words is
1: the name. A great new magazine about great new books. I've been uh, in magazines for decades. Uh, I used to edit uh, FHM German in the nineties, and then launched that in New York. I edited Rolling Stone for a couple of years and Maxim. Uh, so I've got uh, you know plenty of track record in magazines. Uh, I then um, had a sort of digital content company for many years, which I which was sold a while ago. So. It came from thinking, well, what am I going to do next? Obviously, the the, the, uh, travails of the magazine industry have been well recorded over the last few years, but um, I don't really know how to do anything else. And if I'm going to pour enthusiasm into a project, then it has to be something which I'm enthusiastic about. So I love making magazines. I love writing and editing magazines. And I've always felt that uh, it has to be about something which... I really care about and I'm a big fan of books and I read a lot and I read a lot about books but I always felt that the way in which books are covered whether that's in the broadsheets or in you know specialist magazines kind of makes assumptions about readers that aren't always accurate so the market is well set up to cover people who uh, want to read books for academic reasons, so then you buy the T- the uh, TLS perhaps, or they've was well you know well covered if you're if you see books are part of an intellectual quest, so then you would buy the LRB, or you can get the um, Guardian Review at the weekend and then get a very sort of Guardian uh, political view of what's been published. But I think most people actually buy books. Uh, for pleasure you know they read books for pleasure and pleasure is a very broad church as well so it can be escapist pleasure or it can be just to pass the time something you do on holiday it's something that you do because you're a book club you know there are there are hundreds and hundreds of, of types of, of pleasure when it comes to books and I felt very much that this Um, sort of category of readership was being completely underserved and I I don't think uh, obviously there's there's an awful lot of um, uh, blogging on the subject of books but it's not particularly substantial so I liked a good conventional magazine treatment with uh, tone and enthusiasm and um, a little bit of attitude and if anyone is going to buy a physical product I think it's got to be book book readers.
0: That that makes a lot of sense. And so you, you mentioned you know, you, you've had this, this long career in, in these huge magazines. And I think that really comes through in strong words. So you've got um, the facts of life. So the, there's a, a bit at the beginning of the magazine where you take stuff that you've learned from books. And it, it, it's so reminiscent to me of FHM in the glory days of FHM's going to give you the things that you can talk about with your friends in the pub. And and you... I mean, this is is what's happening with with strong words.
1: Well, I mean, I, I think, you know, all successful magazines have kind of developed their sort of winning formats over the years. So you know it it's strong words is very much opposed to the you know the sort of wall of copy approach that uh, obviously if you you know if you pick up the uh, the London review of books it can be quite a daunting experience you know when you just get page after page of a pretty dense and uninterrupted copy you know that that requires a real deep breath to plunge into that kind of thing. so um some you know my favorite magazines Uh, Or the magazines which I've gone back to most consistently over the years are magazines which have you know really clever formats. So, I'm thinking of magazines like Private Eye. um, You know, you go in Sued's Corner and uh, this kind of thing, or the Week, for example. You know that that uh, little column they have in the Week of wit called Wit and Wisdom, which is just you know quotes. They're very simple things, but they really endure and they um become a reason for purchase and they become if you've never seen the magazine before it can be the kind of thing that uh, makes that it just gets people gets people reading it's a good introduction and uh, like you say it's good uh, it's good uh, sort of currency you know if you're ever stuck for something to say um in the uh, queue for the canteen or whatever you know there's there's you've got some some instant material you know there's there's a great scene in the in um in the bridge you know the the danish uh um uh cop drama where saga Nuren gets in a gets in an, an elevator with somebody and she's trying really hard to make an effort to fit in so she says uh small talk or no and uh you know you 've got to be ready when someone says that to you with
0: Smoke, the-, <laughs> so on, on the so it 's opposite the contents page, and the first one we 've got is if you 're thinking of dabbling in cosmetic surgery and then this sort of fact of the operation to create eunuchs used, used to involve the application of chili paste as a local anesthetic, half of them died, and that 's from the incendiaries by R.O. Kwan. So is this just something that you've read like in the last few months that has stuck with you and you want to have in there?
1: Quite. I mean, there's there's a number of um, these sort of little formats throughout the book, um, throughout the magazine. Uh, I mean, I do obviously read a lot. It's a magazine about new books. so I read a lot of new books and uh, I think one of the great, you know, uh, sort of, I don't know if it's a comedy or a tragedy about books is that, you, you know, they they, they are the result of often years, sometimes decades of work, uh, and then you sit down and it takes hours of your time to read them. And sometimes after all this process, you can only rem- remember a couple of things anyway, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a catastrophe. I guess it means you can go back and read them again. But, but there's another torrent of books waiting for, the, for your attention as well. So um, this sort of idea of, you know, th- these little fragments, you know, these little details, these sort of clever observations that people make, I think they're worth, uh, you know, they're worth recording. And they're, they're one of the many reasons that make books enjoyable.
0: Uh, and so also thinking of the, the way that you've gone about this, you've, you've got a very uh, direct style in terms of telling the reader this is exactly what this book is all about and this is why you should care. So there's a, a piece here uh, by uh, the, the author of Gomorrah. Um, and you've titled it The Novel to Make You Rethink Your Trip to Naples so the, this is like straight in I know that we're talking about organised crime like mafioso stuff that rather than a more kind of oblique or I guess sort of like, you know, clever headline leading you in I feel like you want to be very direct with this
1: Yes, that's very much part of the style you know, I think magazines uh, that you, they're sort of headline sort of techniques can leave you sort of scratching your head a little bit. And there is the terrible magazine cliche of just putting a movie title as the headline <laughs> of your piece, you know, over and over again. You know, the, I, the next time I see uh, what lies beneath used as a, you know, fashion headline, you know, something's going uh, something's to get set on fire or thrown through a window. <laughs> it, just, it just becomes you know intolerable after a while so i think uh i you know i like to sort of use the headlines to tell people sort of what they're getting um it's very much you know the choice of books is very much you know these are things which i think are new and interesting and it's never i'm never sort of n- negative about things i'm not interested in slagging people off i'm not interested in saying well this book's that we're near as good as the last one um if there's a book that i really don't like Um, then I just won't cover it. Uh, So everything that appears in strong words is covered with enthusiasm. And, you know, you can never, you can't really tell people what they're going to like. And it just boils down to, you know, whether person A likes something or not, you know. Um, So I think the role of the critic, or the role of strong words in this sense, is a little bit different to the role of the critic. It's not trying to place each book in some kind of cultural or uh, academic context or in the... the in in an author's career is really just saying Look, this is really interesting and here's why.
0: So the I mean this is all the editorial side of stuff, which mm. I imagine you're very comfortable with. This is what you've done for m- many years now, yeah. that's all fine. But you're now operating in a very different world to so I mean FHM in the heyday like six hundred thousand copies a month plus and, and the rest. And the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do it mean to <laughs> underestimate. <laughs> um you know, with this now, this is a mag that that you're editing you're publishing you're putting it out in the world. How are you going about actually getting this in front of readers?
1: well uh, yes, that, I mean that is the tricky bit isn't it? Um, I can uh, write and edit all day long you know I get up get up early in the morning, finish the last thing at night without any kind of um, regrets about the workload that i've taken on, but there are aspects of the business that are you know entirely new and bewildering so um i have a renewed respect for anybody who works in marketing these days you know obviously somebody's the way in which the magazine industry tends to be divided up uh people who work in in editorial tend to have absolutely no clue what goes on in other parts of the business and so and therefore tend to be a bit disdainful of um people who work in uh, in sales or marketing well I, i'm i've had to sort of eat a lot of humble pie there and realize <laughs> this is This is a really challenging aspect of anything, you know. A, getting something in front of people, B, getting them to part with their money, and C, getting them to stick with it. Is uh, people who work in these uh, uh, sectors, uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but anyway, I've just discovered that, and then um, uh, the whole social media side. You know, I'm familiar with digital marketing. I had a digital. Sort of marketing company for a number of years, Um, but it's not you know it doesn't come naturally to me, and I feel that my skills are a little bit inadequate to the to what the what the project requires. And then obviously the other aspect of it is you know independent publishing is very time consuming and it's very difficult to do it all. So strong words was launched very much from the perspective of I'm going to do what I know I can do best. Worry a little bit less about the things which I know I can't do, and once I've got the sort of product right, then I think I've got a chance of selling it rather than trying to do everything all at once and kind of falling at the first fence.
0: so So you started a newsprint a newsprint format. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the first three issues?
1: Yes, uh, the first three issues were printed as a tabloid uh, newsprint. Uh, format and it was printed by a, a company called Newspaper Club, who I found to be excellent. Yeah, they're great. Um, and it was you know would have quite happily continued with them. Uh, you know, but I needed to change the change the format to a, a, a more conventional A4 magazine, uh, glossy premium format. Okay,
0: so, what made you like what's behind that change? Why do you have to change it? Uh,
1: that's a, it's very simple, really. One is uh, uh, because I wanted to get it on newsstands and retailers. You know, I'm not so not particularly bothered about, you know, sort of corner news agents, but certainly sort of premium magazine retailers and, you know, specialists and uh, museums and art galleries and people who have really got behind the sort of premium magazine industry. They want magazines and a tabloid newspaper doesn't fit into any of their racks or display um, places. So even though they're very happy with the content and they felt there was a gap in the market and people who see it go, wow, this is great. You know, this is, we've been waiting for this. Just a, from a purely physical, mechanical point of view, a tabloid newspaper doesn't fit into a magazine retailer's right, uh, right. slots.
0: And so, so now, then, we, we've got um, a, a perfect bound, like, just off A4 uh, format. Um, have you made any changes? I mean, clearly, the, the design has changed to fit this this new format. But there, were there any other... Did you take that as an opportunity to change anything else of, of what you were doing? No,
1: the content is essentially the same. I, I, you know, I, I didn't feel there was really a problem with the content. People were very happy with the content, and I was very happy with it. And it was within my ability to produce this, you know kind of stuff in these quantities um, there is quite a lot of it so there's twice as many pages now uh, and the i've so i've been able to add um some extracts from uh writers uh published writers very eager to actually have a bit of bit of writing other than my own in the you know on these pages and i think uh it's a great opportunity for publishers as well to um get some actual content in front of readers where they you know they wouldn't uh, necessarily see it i mean you've got to be I'm very sympathetic to the needs of publishers as well it's really difficult when you think about the thousands of books that come out um you know each uh, each week i think if you average it out it's something like 500 new books a day new titles a day <laughs> oh, come out uh, in the uk 180,000 a year a lot of those are going to be textbooks or you know Things with academic uh, treaties, which are so specialist, you know, you, you know you're know, you going to get from one end of your life to the other without ever knowing they existed. But thousands and thousands of those books are for consumers and publishers have a really hard time. You know, their opportunities to uh, publicize their books in print are shrinking as the magazine and newspaper business uh, industries kind of contract. And, you know, digital is so you know attention spans are so brief people are so perverse in their tastes they're so easily distracted that to you know it's good for them to have a place where people can be a bit more sort of um, exposed at length to the kind of things that writers are doing uh, and be a bit more meditative about it but without as I say, you know, having to scale this wall of copy that, uh, that so many sort of literary titles favour.
0: And so, I mean, you, you've touched on a, a problem here central to, I guess, everything that we're all doing at the moment, which is there's just so much stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, the, like, that gives you a problem on a couple of fronts because, first of all, you've got to read it and parse it and, and find a way to communicate something about that. But then also you're operating in a world where we're all surrounded by more than we could ever hope to read in our lifetimes, let alone like what I'm going to do this week. So, I mean, this is also touching back on the marketing thing. How do you go about that? How do you go about saying this is for you? You need to pick this up?
1: Well, uh, I mean, I think anybody who has produced a successful product in whatever industry, you know, magazines or or plastic cutlery you know you're, you're always going to be up against a lot of competition you know so competition is nothing new for people and anybody getting into a market you know if they're surprised that other people are also trying to make a living in that market then they, they probably shouldn't be in there you know so the idea that there's competition is par for the course um, I feel you know confident that this is uh, that there is a, a A market for this, or that. Certainly, there is a a readership for it. Obviously, to an extent, you have to kind of create the market because, you know, I I believe there is no sort of general interest books magazine. So, uh, at some point, I have to, you know, hook up to the money pipe. But I, I have a great deal of confidence that there is activity in the sort of niche magazine world. Uh, I have a great deal of faith in retailers and their belief that people want these kind of products and then it's you know the other big sort of function of this whole thing is time it just it just takes a long time you know one of the things uh, and and that's always been the case with magazines I think one of the when I first worked in the United States the company that uh, was publishing FHM then uh, was a company called Peterson and they had a sports magazine called imaginatively sport which they'd been publishing for over 50 years and it had still yet to make a profit you know now obviously the the economics of it have changed somewhat since then uh you know this is a time pre-internet but you know it just gives you an indication as to how long really it takes you know a print product to come into existence be refined as a product that's potentially successful find its market. Come out regularly. Get talked about. Generate conventional PR. Generate new PR. It's you know, it's the, you can't ignore the sort of time factor in the whole business plan as well.
0: well. and also the fact that I mean, the time just of you creating it. I mean, the, there are no bylines in here, so I'm guessing that this is you. This is your work.
1: <laughs> there is a good reason for the consistency of tone, shall we say? Yes. Yes.
0: But the, but you know, I mean, if you're if you're actually, you know, you're reading all this. Stuff you're then writing the the copy, and as you say, it's a it's you know it's become a much thicker magazine, so that takes longer to make it. Mm-hmm. That can't leave much time for all the marketing and the other stuff. So, it, it, are you thinking? I mean, do you want to have contributors coming on? Is that part of the plan?
1: Yes, obviously, it, it, it's it's relentless, and there is too much for one person to do in a single magazine. Um, uh I think there are three more issues or rather two more issues to come out between you and between now and christmas so there's a there's one at sort of mid october and there's another one towards the end of november and that so that will be three six issues in total and three in this sort of more premium uh a four format so by then I think I'll have a a really good idea as to what its chances are. Uh, It's now available in retailers. I hope to have it in Smiths uh, by Christmas um, or before, you know, the more sort of travel. I think it's a kind of airports and railways sort of Smiths rather than high street Smiths. But nonetheless, I want to see if it works on the newsstand. Um, And by then, I'll have a clear idea, I think, of just what its chances are as a business. If it's just going to remain almost, you know, sort of cottage industry, if I need to take on a bit of money from somebody to expand, you know, spend that on marketing. Um, if I need to find some money to like you say, to take on some contrib- contributors and spend a bit more time on the marketing myself, you know, to, at some point it has to become less a way of trying to make a living and more of a business. Uh, and by Christmas, I think I'll, I'll have a clearer picture
0: this is this is a a well-trodden path this is the the person who starts out as the editor because that's i mean you know you get into doing this because it's what you want to do and then you realize that actually like you know nobody else is going to do the distribution side they're like so you end up taking that on and you you slide further to being the publisher rather than the the editor i mean that sounds like you're kind of prepared for that
1: yes and i'm quite happy to do it you know again Anybody who has started up their own business, their own business has that sort of rude awakening moment where you realise you've got to empty your own bin, you've got to <laughs> make sure you know there's uh, you know toilet roll in the bathroom, this kind of thing. You know, suddenly it's not being done by by somebody else on a, who's being paid to do it you, you, and so I'm quite, quite happy to you know get in a van and I actually quite enjoy driving a van you know I feel that's Me my Me too b-
0: <laughs> that was in, in the early days of Stack like one, one of my I used to every now and then think maybe I should just be a van driver like that actually is really
1: good I you know I lived in Kentish Town for a long time uh, where there's a big UPS uh, depot and I was I was always quite envious of them uh, you know coming out at 8 o'clock in the morning those vans with the big high seats and uh, um so that there's there's definitely that as a plan b but um uh i don't so you know i've got a little trolley that i can so i go and pick the magazines up uh i you know run up and down the street to uh, avoid parking more you know traffic wardens to get them into my house on time so i quite enjoy that side of it you know it's not um it's not uh you know disheartening in any way i, I find it actually quite a pleasure and uh, and it really makes me feel like I'm you know like I'm doing something because that's the alternative you know is to do nothing and uh, and that, that is absolutely soul destroying if one can't afford to do nothing
0: that's <laughs> <laughs> right exactly well look really good luck with it um, I think that this is the so the, this most recent issue is like Definitely my favourite and really looking forward to seeing what you're going to do in the run up to Christmas. Well,
1: I'm, I'm delighted that you like it and uh, maybe I should also mention the website which is strongwords.co.uk and don't, it has a hyphen in it so don't forget the hyphen, strong-words.co.uk and it can be, you, you can subscribe and buy issues uh, there.
0: And, of course, people should do that because then you get all the money rather than sharing it with distributors and retailers and all the rest of it. Uh, somebody gets a
1: cut, however, you know, however you do it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just just good to get some, get some money coming in, of course. Yes.
0: Nice one. Cheers, Ed. My pleasure. Okay, that's all for this week. Thanks very much to Ed for coming over and speaking about his experiences making strong words. He's given himself a massive task in producing six issues of this magazine in under a year, all virtually as a one-man band. So if this all sounds like something you want in your life, check the Stack blog. I'll include some pictures of the magazine on there and a link so you can go and buy a copy. And remember that if you want more conversations with magazine makers, search for Stack Magazines on SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from, and you'll find our archive with loads of episodes to work your way through. And if you follow us while you're there, we'll be able to deliver next week's episode as soon as it's ready. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back with another episode next week.